to the lost souls, the disintegrated spirits, the wanderers, the dreamers, and the seekers. Welcome to the Embodied Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Danielle McGinnis. Our work in this podcast will be to foster healing, transformation, self-expression, creativity, and the development of consciousness. So with our intentions grounded firmly, let's settle in and do some integration work. Hey friends, happy Thursday and welcome back to the Embodied Podcast. Super pumped to be back in the flow of things. For today's show, I am going to share a really interesting interaction that I had with a person at the gym the other morning and there's a lot of psychoanalysis happening in this particular podcast and my intention with that is to play with the potentials for what could be happening in these moments but I want to preface this podcast by saying I'm not psychoanalyzing this interaction from a place of judgment it was really strange and it was really weird but I was like wonder if this is happening or wonder if that is happening in trying to play with the psychological dynamics and I think when I'm talking about it in the show I get a little bit like oh this is what's happening but you know we never exactly know for certain what's happening and this person was a complete stranger so it's as if something like this was happening and so I just want to preface the show by offering that little introduction to you guys and just keeping an open mind that you know sometimes when we have psychological knowledge we can jump to assumptions and make judgments about you know the situation based on our psychological knowledge and the truth is is that we never really know and you know we're just making a hypothesis to the patterns that might be stirring so with that I want to extend openness and flexibility not only to you as the listener but to um, the version of myself that recorded this that you know gets excited and maybe likes to to jump to certain conclusions and the truth is is we never really know so with that being said enjoy the show guys So in today's episode of the podcast, I want to share a really interesting story or experience that I had the other morning at the gym and do a little psychological riff on what I think was happening because it was such a um, interesting dynamic that, that came up that I really noticed a lot of different things in my experience of that and so uh, I usually go to the gym really early in the morning and there's usually our what we call like the 4am crew and this morning there was a new guy at the gym and he was over there he was he was basically doing deadlifts at another uh, squat rack and I was just like looking around the gym and orienting to my space and working on a couple sets of squats and this guy comes up behind me and he said, hey, is there a group class um, over where I was working out? And I said, 
yeah, actually there is, but it doesn't start till later. And he was like, oh, well, I saw you looking at me. So I, I figured maybe there was something happening or maybe I couldn't be there, which was like a really interesting comment to make because I was just looking around the gym and he caught my glance and <laughs> it was just really interesting. Um, and then he said that he was dropping into the gym, that he was in the military that he's not from Colorado and he was asking me all kinds of questions about if I was from here, if I grew up here. Um, And then he asked me if I skied or snowboarded and I said, no, but my fiance does. And he said, oh, fiance, interesting. And I said, yeah. And he's like, what does he do? And I said, oh, well, he actually used to be in the military as well. He used to be a special operations medic in the Navy. And I said, but he got out um, after 12 years in the service. And he's like, what does he do now? And there was like this, this level of skepticism in his voice. And I said, oh, well, he is a writer and a speaker and he is engaging in PhD work. He made this face of almost disapproval and he was like oh well that's really different than being in the military almost making this kind of value judgment on my fiance's choices to get out and then he was like so does he have a lot of ptsd and it it just really went into this weird place where i was like maybe but you know he does a lot of inner work on himself and he he really is curious about you know the inner workings of what's happening there and he's like so he doesn't beat you then and I'm like wow this is really odd because it was so interesting because he was painting Rick out to be Rick is my fiance for those of you who do not know but he's really painting Rick out to be this kind of like less than him person he kept asking questions and then making these faces and value judgments and tones of voice that were really disapproving and like oh well that's weird or you know oh does he have ptsd then like there's got to be something wrong with him and it was really interesting because i was really reflecting on it because it made me feel really weird because I was like, why do I feel the need to defend my fiance in front of this stranger? This is like a really interesting thing that is happening. And I was thinking about what happens when there is this this disconnection and lack of awareness into our deeper feeling functions, our deeper needs, and our deeper values. And so I wanted to kind of talk about this dynamic in particular using Jung's typology. There's a book called Jung's Typology. It's a couple lectures by Marie-Louise von Franz and James Hillman. Um, It's really great if you're interested in typology, but typology really sets up the frameworks of what became the Myers-Briggs personality type. And in Jung's typology, there's four different functions And that's two rational functions, which are thinking and feeling, and two irrational functions, which is sensation and intuition. And in particular, I was thinking about how 
many people in our modern culture are, even though we live in a quite rational society, we prioritize the thinking function culturally and especially in strategic positions like the military. Even though feeling in Jung's typology is a rational function, the feeling function is actually about deep conscious connection to our our deep values and what we truly honor and what we truly enjoy, what we like, what we dislike. And so the feeling function isn't necessarily related to our feelings and our emotions, but an unconscious feeling function, if we are unaware of our deeper values in the way we're relating to different perceptible experiences, our feeling function can get clouded by unconscious affect. What I mean by unconscious affect is I mean unprocessed and undifferentiated instinctual feelings. And really what I was feeling in this interaction with this particular man is a deep disconnection with his inner value system and it's interesting because there's some conversation in the Jungian community where there's this connection between like the feeling function so deep value and the archetypal feminine and there's this discussion about how because it it is more of a quote-unquote feminine archetypal principle that men have a harder time relating to their feeling function and there may be some truth to that but actually I feel like culturally we just have a hard time connecting to our individual values because our collective values take priority and our collective values are not necessarily accepting sometimes of our individual value systems but anyway um not to get sidetracked here um so sometimes it's spoken about that men project the feeling function onto women or expect women or those who embody more of a feminine nature to be a mirror to their particular value system which can feel a little bit confusing but the reflective capacity of the feminine is actually a a really beautiful piece of the feminine and it's important to recognize that no matter how you orient yourself that you have masculine and feminine archetypal energies within you and so even if you do orient as a man you have those feminine reflective capacities within your psyche but sometimes technically according to dogmatic Jungian theory that for a man those feminine reflective capacities are a little bit lower in the unconscious and so it takes work to build a conscious connection to the feminine values, the feminine reflective capacity. And so there might be this tendency for men, if they're not doing inner work in particular, is to look towards women as that mirror for themselves to reflect back 
their values. And it's really interesting because I've been doing this mother archetype workshop series and the first fairy tale that we went over is Snow White and in that fairy tale in particular the jealous stepmother actually has the image of the mirror throughout the fairy tale the one that's asking the mirror you know who is the fairest of them all and basically this is using that reflective feminine capacity in a narcissistic way meaning that instead of the mirror and the reflective capacity of the feminine nature reflecting back something that's true, it's trying to reflect back something that you want to be true, if that makes sense. And this is a little bit of a narcissistic attitude of wanting all reflections in all relationships to be a mirror of your own egoic experiences And if they don't, then this destructive element can come forward if that's not made conscious. And that's actually somewhat of what I was feeling from this man in particular. It was as if he had this intention of having this conversation where I would mirror back to him how great he was and then as soon as I mentioned that I was in a relationship and that I had a fiance and I didn't pose that mirror to how awesome he was this destructive element came forward that was trying to tear apart my relationship what seems like what's happening there is this disconnection between the relationship between himself and his own feminine and he's looking for me to mirror him and I'm not so then he's destroying what's important to me it's really interesting because in this fairy tale of Snow White this jealousy in particular that comes up comes up because the mirror tells her that Snow White is the fairest in the land that she's not and so this this evil stepmother gets incredibly jealous of the beauty of Snow White the beauty of that which she does not have. And when we get identified with those unconscious emotional experiences like jealousy, it's usually not coming from a place of connection and love, but a place of power seeking and a need to dominate other people because a jealous person seeks exclusive ownership over something. And in the case of Snow White, the evil stepmother was trying to seek exclusive ownership over beauty itself and was going to destroy anything that got in her way of owning beauty. And I feel like the problem happens when you're trying to use other people as mirrors and reflections for your narcissistic power drives. So what you want to be true, and if they don't, you destroy them or what's important to them. And that's when the mirror becomes an instrument of jealousy. That reflective capacity becomes used for destruction, not true reflection. And I feel like so many times 
we can see this when parents expect their children to be reflections of them and don't relate to their children on a deep level, like a level of connection and help their children develop their own sense of value, their own sense of worth, understand their own value systems. The parents just expect the child to be a reflection of them. And that that's a, that's a act of narcissism. And, you know, true love would say, that the parent would guide the child into discovering their own unique value system, even if that means that the parent would no longer be the quote-unquote fairest in the land, that the child could be better than the parent was. And so this interaction just constellated a lot of these reflections about how we try to use other people to reflect back to us what we want to be true, and then when they don't, how we can unconsciously seek to destroy what's true for them or what's important to them. And I wanted to read a section here in this book on Jung's typology. It's a section written by Hillman. Hillman here is talking about why it's important for us to work with the feeling function. So the feeling function, as I discussed, is it, it's the function that allows us to connect to their, our deep, unique value system. He's saying that sometimes negative feelings in particular can be gateways into where we have an undifferentiated feeling function where we haven't quite grappled with our deep values. And if we don't grapple with our deep values, how they can show up in this instinctual, unprocessed, undifferentiated way that actually ends up not connecting us with others, but creating a sense of disconnect between others. And he says, on page 106 especially important for the development of feeling are just these negative feelings envy hatred arrogance complaint they in particular demand courage and honesty requiring patience in their handling relating them appropriately to the contents of consciousness and relating them adequately in situations which call for them in certainly signs of superior feeling Deeper connections offer opportunity for negative feelings. However, the negative feelings of someone with an inferior feeling function, so what that means is an unconscious connection to their value system, these negative feelings are usually so repressed and therefore so charged that they are no longer feelings but affects, unconscious, unprocessed emotions. An early sign of an inferior feeling meaning undifferentiated value, is loss of contact with what one feels. The stuff and the substance of the feeling function are usually feelings, but when the feeling function is inferior, those feelings go underground, as it were, all of which are replaced by a general dryness in regard to myself and to others, following by indiscriminate complex reactions, all kinds of displaced feelings, tears at the wrong time, poor jokes, 
peculiar attachments, value judgments creeping in where they're irrelevant, or general undifferentiated mood swings between elation and depression. And so he continues on to say, inferior feeling puts the wrong values on things. Its main disaster is in its introverted aspect when it gives the wrong feeling to oneself. Then one's judgment about oneself is distorted and inadequate. One feels inferior, owing entirely to an inferior feeling function. Reestablishing the connection to oneself often requires renewed contact with these complexes. But when the feeling function is inferior, one feels cut off. The lost feeling function then gets projected and everyone expects me to be a feeling person. So when one doesn't grapple with one's feeling function, it's interesting because it starts to distort the way that we feel connected to ourselves and our deeper, again, inherent value systems, but also it affects our ability to connect with others and hold space for their value systems. So this distorted feeling function can affect the way that we connect and bond with other people. So when we lose contact with the feeling function, we lose contact with a genuine sense of relatedness to ourselves and to other people. We lose a conscious contact between our deep value systems and we sometimes get flooded by unconscious emotions and what plays out in that space is an example of what I shared earlier about how unprocessed and undifferentiated values and emotions can be projected onto somebody else and then when that projection isn't taken well it can actually operate from this place of power over someone, destroying someone or what's important to someone. And when someone resists transforming or getting to know their deeper value systems, typically we operate in really regressive ways or we operate in ways that are instinctual and undifferentiated. So so it's really important that we become aware of that because that can lead us to operate out of this principle of power over, not power with. I love this quote that Jung has, that where love rules, there is no will to power, and where power predominates, love is lacking. The one is the shadow of the other. And I think that when we get tangled in our undifferentiated unconsciousness, so many times we operate from a position of power over and subtle destroying or knocking down other people to make ourselves feel better. And really I'm doing this podcast just to reflect in the ways where maybe this has happened in different relationships that you've been in. Maybe you've expected to be the mirror for somebody and when you weren't, that person felt really destructive towards you and what was important towards you or maybe you were that person because I've certainly done that before too we all go through phases of narcissistic power drives and so I think this podcast is really just to reflect on these moments where the unconscious kind of slips in from underneath it makes you operate in a way that isn't conscious because ultimately this guy wasn't a mean and nasty person 
I just felt like there was a lot of stuff stirring underneath the surface that it made me feel really coagulated after I got done talking to him because it just felt like a really unconscious interaction and I don't say that from a place of judgment of him I say that with the deepest curiosity of what is happening here like what is happening in this dynamic because there was something about it that made me feel like there was some type of expectation for me to be different than what I was and when I wasn't different than what I was that ended up affecting this man's perception of my the person that matters the most to me so it was it was just a really interesting dynamic and I think that so often these unconscious factors just swim around and um, catch us from underneath so anyway I know again that was a circular podcast but hey guys I'm back doing the circular thing on the show um, trying to put out some episodes of different things that I'm musing about, thinking about, reflecting about. If you guys have questions, feel free to join my free community. You can find the link to that in the show notes. But with that being said, I will talk to you guys on Sunday. Bye guys.